Well, good morning. It's Wednesday, February 15th, 2023. Wednesday, February 15th, 2023. I hope the chocolate and flowers did well yesterday. Uh, Slava Ukraine, Heroium Slava, PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. Uh, tell your friends to Google those four words, Political Views TV Podcast, and I'll show up right at the top of the search. Can I just say, I truly appreciate you so much. Thank you for coming. It's very nice of you. If you can, bring someone with you today or tomorrow. That would be awesome. And tweet to me questions or insights or come fight with me at Cyberclops. C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S on the Twitter. <clears throat> so let's start with, uh, as we uh, usually have been in the last year almost. It's almost been a year. In uh, nine days, it'll be one year. The war crimes, genocide, and ethnic cleansing continues according to a report released yesterday called Russia... Listen to the name of the report... Russia's systematic program for re-education and adoption of Ukraine's children. The Russian government is operating an expansive network of dozens of camps where it it has held thousands of Ukrainian children since the start of the war against Ukraine. The report contains disturbing new details about the extent of Moscow's efforts to relocate re-educate and sometimes militarily train or forcibly adopt out Ukrainian children. Actions that constitute war crimes and could provide evidence that Russia's actions amount to genocide. Uh, Yale Humanitarian Research uh, Lab's Nathaniel Raymond told reporters yesterday All levels of Russia's government are involved. Consider this report a gigantic amber alert that we are issuing on Ukraine's children. The report found uh, uh, that more than 6,000 children ranging in age from mere months old to 17 had been in Russian custody at some point during the course of the nearly year-long war although the total number of children is not known and is likely significantly higher than 6,000. It identified 43 facilities that are part of the network, which stretches from one end of Russia to the other, including Russian-occupied Crimea, the eastern Pacific coast, uh, closer to Alaska than than it is in Moscow, and uh, Siberia. I I, I mean, it's true. We're only uh, only a, a couple of miles from Russia, but it's, that's only a couple of islands. There, there is still the strait there um, through uh, uh, on, on either side of the uh, little, little and big Diomedes Islands. Um, anyway, he said uh, the primary purpose of the camps appeared to be political re-education. Nothing that at least 32 of the facilities identified in the port appear to be engaged in systematic uh, re-education efforts that expose children uh, from Ukrainian to Russian-centric academic, cultural, pa- patriotic, and in two cases, specifically military education. The report found that many children taken to camps are sent with uh, uh, are sent with the consent of their parents for an agreed duration of days or weeks and returned to their parents as originally scheduled, but noted that in many cases, the ability of the parents to provide meaningful consent may be considered doubtful 
as the conditions of war and implied threat from occupying forces represent conditions of duress. In other words, hey, give me your children. We'll re-educate them. Uh, we'll give them back to you in a, in a few months. Or we kill you and take them anyway. And sometimes they don't get returned, by the way. Uh, other children have been held for months at these camps, including hundreds of children whose status is unknown. At the time of this report, it is unclear if they have been returned to their families. This report has identified two camps where children's scheduled uh, return date has been delayed by weeks. At two other camps identified, children's returns have been indefinitely postponed. The report said it identified several dozen federal, regional, and local figures directly engaged in operating and politically justifying the program. <clears throat> and at least 12 of those uh, individuals are not on U.S. and or international sanction list. I, and you and I discussed this earlier on. This is what you do. If you, if you want to win the war in the future, the future war, you take the children and teach them to hate Ukrainian ways and you steal the future and culture of Ukraine. Even if you don't succeed with most, some children will grow up believing what they were told and will cause more political trouble as adults. That's how you get separatists in regions like they have right now, because this happened in the past. The U.S. State Department said the fact that these are transfers and deportations of children is unconscionable by any standard. Russia must immediately halt forced transfers and deportations and return the children to their families or legal guardians. Russia must provide registration lists of Ukrainian, uh, Ukraine's relocated and deported children and grant access for outside independent observers to re uh, related facilities within Russian uh, Russia-occupied areas of Ukraine and inside Russia itself. Mounting evidence of Russia's actions lays bare the Kremlin's aims to deny and suppress Ukraine's identity, history, and culture. The devastating impacts of Putin's war on Ukraine's children will be felt for generations. The United States will stand with Ukraine and pursue accountability for Russia's appalling abuses for all, uh, for as long as it takes. Uh, the Russian embassy in Washington said in a statement, we took notice of the, absurd, uh, of the absurd statements of State Department spokesman Ned Price, who was the one who just said that, um, uh, who had accused our country of forced transfer and deportation of Ukrainian children to the territory of the Russian Federation. Russia accepts children who have been forced to flee with their families from the shelling and atrocities of the armed forces of Ukraine. Like that would be happening. We do our best to keep minors in families and in case of absence of our de uh, or death of parents and relatives to transfer orphans under guardianship. We ensure the protection of their lives and well-being. Yeah, you know, that's, that's a political statement. Uh, looks like the grain deal is having issues. Russia is constantly complaining, and now Ukraine has had it with Russia's antics. Foreign Minister Dmitry Kaliba and Pre uh, Deputy Prime Minister for the Restoration 
of Ukraine, Alexander Kubrikov, said in a joint statement that Russia had intentionally slowed down inspection and demanded unregulated documentation to hamper the agreement. The minister said Ukraine is deeply concerned about the destructive actions of Russia, which result in the delay of the work of the Grain Corridor and obstructing the Black Sea Grain Initiative in general. Such a destructive Russian policy has resulted in a systematic decrease of the freight turnover within the grain initiative. They noted that the world did not receive 10 million tons of Ukrainian food in the last three months because of the problems. Uh, Germany's defense minister says he is in favor of raising NATO's military spending target as the war in Ukraine rumbles on, and this would also strengthen NATO by disposing of their old arms and building or producing newer stocks of arms and, and munitions. I mean, it makes sense. It really does. Uh, Boris Pistorius said as he arrived for talks with other NATO defense ministers, I think moving forward, the 2% target alone will not be enough. It can only be the basis for further steps. Uh, he's talking about 2% of GDP that should be spent on uh, defense. Uh, we are in the process of con uh, coordinating our positions on this within the government. After meeting with NATO defense ministers in Brussels, NATO Secretary uh, Gen, uh, General Jen Stoltenberg called on the alliance member states to invest more in defense spending. Stol Stoltenberg said it is obvious that we need to spend more. He added that the member states should commit to spending a minimum of 2% of gross domestic product on defense. Uh, Russia says its troops have broken through two fortified lines of Ukrainian defenses in the part, partly occupied eastern Luhansk region, pushing Kyiv forces back several kilometers in places. The Russian defense ministry said during the offensive that uh, the Ukrainian troops randomly retreated to a distance of up to three kilometers, which is almost two miles. Uh, from the previously occupied lines. It added without uh, 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 providing details, even the more fortified second line of defense of the enemy could not hold the breakthrough of the Russian military. This reads like serious propaganda. President Volodymyr Zelensky's office has said after Moscow claimed its own troops had made advances in the eastern region, he said, over the past day, units of the defense forces of Ukraine repelled attacks by the Russian occupiers in Nevsky, Kremina, and Bilohorivka districts. The situation, uh, Bilohorivka, remember when they took that way back in the fall? Uh, the situation in the region remains difficult. It added, no, uh, noting Russian forces had shelled a number of other communities in the region. In the eastern region, its governor, Sergei Heyday, said Russians are attacking in waves with the support of aviation. Our defenders hold the defense. Uh, the Ukrainian capital's military administration says six Russian balloons, again with the balloons, uh, were detected in the airspace over Kyiv earlier today. Most were shot down. It added that the balloons may have been carrying corner reflectors and reconnaissance equipment. Uh, the military administration said the purpose of the launching of the balloons was possibly to identify and exhaust our anti-aircraft defense. A Russian journalist, Maria Pan... Uh, Pan uh, I'll get it once. <laughs> uh, Ponomarenko 
Uh, Russian journalist Maria Ponomarenko has been sentenced to six years in a penal colony for accusing the country's air force of bombing a theater in the Ukrainian city of Mariupol last April where women and children were sheltering. I, I, you remember, we did the story that they had in giant block letters so the uh, jets could read, children are present here in the theater. And then Russia bombed it anyway. Anyway, uh, in its ruling, the Lenin District Court in the Siberian city of Barnol found Pano Morenko guilty of spreading fake news and also banned her from working as a reporter for five years. Uh, Pana Morenko told the court before her sentencing, patriotism is love for the motherland and love for one's motherland should not be expressed by encouraging crime. Attacking your neighbor is a crime, she said from her cage in the courtroom. If it is a war, then call it a war. This is a state crime against the army. It is like spitting on the graves of veterans. The next regional academic drama theater in Mariupol was destroyed uh, by bombardment on the morning of March 16, 2022. We did that story for weeks about that theater. It had been used as a haven for civilians during the Russian siege of the city. Of course, Russia denies that they bombed it and claimed Ukrainians bombed their own people. Global rights group Amnesty International has slammed Russia's jailing of, of uh, Maria uh, Pono, uh, Ponomarenko over her reporting of the Mar- Mariupol theater uh, bombing. Amnesty said in a statement, Maria Ponomarenko's uh, sentence shows that in Russia, telling the truth, denouncing a war crime, and demanding justice for the killing of civilians has itself become a grave offense punishable by many years in prison. Her sentence is yet another example of injustice and the cynicism of the authorities in Russia, which are disturbingly routine. The authorities are trying to lock up all those who disagree with them and intimidate others to stay silent and look the other way rather than risk years behind bars. Yes, it is. uh, What is it we call it here in the States? What is it we call it? We call it uh, a chilling effect. The legal term, a chilling effect. A federal jury in Boston... Uh, This isn't really uh, war-related, but it's Russian-related. A uh, federal jury in Boston has convicted a prominent Russian businessman for his alleged role in a $90 million insider trading scheme that involved hacking into companies and viewing financial data before it became public. A great way uh, to do well in the stock market, right? Just hack into everybody's, you know, whatever they're about to report, hack into it. Uh, Vladislav uh, uh, Klishian, uh, whose cybersecurity firm reportedly contracted with the Kremlin, so this is the Kremlin that was doing it, was convicted after a 10-day trial of conspiring to commit wire and securities fraud and of hacking-related charge. Swiss authorities arrested uh, Klishian in March 2021 and extradited him to the uh, U.S. in December uh, 2021. Uh, He was also... uh, Tied to, I, I can't think of the name of the guy, the Russian guy, uh, who was t- uh, who, who was uh, um, 
I, I believe he was tried in absentia for interfering with the 2016 uh, election uh, uh, for Russia. So he was also tied to that guy. Anyway, now that I have your attention, let's try and fix the rest of the world. And let's start with the death toll in Turkey. Uh, in Turkey, yay. Uh, the death toll for Turkey, yay. And Syria has crossed 41,000. Turkish authorities say 35,418 people have been killed in uh, the country. The Syrian government and the UN say more than 5,800 people died in Syria. There are some people who have survived even this late. At least two women were saved in Karaman Maris, Turkey, more than 220 hours after the first earthquake. Yesterday, a total of nine people were rescued from the rubble in Turkey, including two brothers aged 17 and 21 who were pulled from the ruins of an apartment block in Karaman Maris province. A 77-year-old woman, Fatma Gungar, was pulled from the rubble in the city of Adiyaman, surviving 212 hours of being trapped. That's uh, over nine days, I believe, or about nine days. A 42-year-old woman, uh, uh, Maliki Amamoglu, has been rescued from the rubble of a building in the southern Turkish city of Karaman Maris, where she was trapped for almost 222 hours, which is over nine days. A 74-year-old woman, uh, Samili Kekek, has been pulled alive from the rubble by rescue teams in Karaman Maris 227 hours after the first earthquake, which uh, is about nine and a half days. Assad has blocked aid to northern Syria for a week that had blocked it for a week, and which angered the world by doing it. Uh, aid is trickling in in northern, uh, northwestern Syria nine days after the quakes, uh, which people are just furious. Uh, with a UN convoy carrying humanitarian assistance, passing through the Bab al-Salam crossing from Turkey, yay. Moving on to the U.S., in that noose tightening around that bright orange neck, the Department of Justice filed a motion with the court in a case about the mishandling of classified documents by Trump. Federal prosecutors under Jack Smith are asking a court to force Trump's attorney, Evan Corcoran, to provide additional testimony to overcome the shield of attorney-client privilege. Prosecutors, uh, prosecutors alleged in writing to the judge that Trump used his attorney in furtherance of a crime or fraud. Under the law, attorney-client privilege does not extend and cannot be used to commit a crime. If an attorney knows of a crime committed by a client, they are bound by the law to report it. Even if Trump hid the documents and the attorney knew that he did it, and he didn't report it, ooh, that's big trouble, big trouble. Uh, It was unclear whether the Justice Department had developed new evidence to argue there was criminal planning or whether prosecutors are resting on the same argument made when prosecutors sought a search warrant for Mar-a-Lago last year. At that time, they had cause to believe federal records were moved or concealed within the beach club. Remember that one pesky witness who said they were moved? Possibly it was some guy that they they said, hey, move this box over there so they can't get to it. Of course, the Trump people 
had their standard witch hunt response. Corcoran first testified to the grand jury last month when he was asked about what happened in the lead up to the August search of Trump's Mar-a-Lago residence. Corcoran declined to answer some questions before the grand jury that would have divulged his advice to Trump and their conversations citing attorney-client privilege. If he assisted Trump in hiding the documents, he could be held for criminal charges and disbarred. Not to mention how it would further implicate Trump. Uh, Yesterday, Fox News lost in court. The so-called news organization attempted to shut down a multi-billion dollar defamation lawsuit that accuses the network of spreading lies that a voting technology company helped steal the 2020 election from, uh, for Trump, uh, from Trump. New York's Supreme Court Appellate Division, uh, mid-level appeals court, ruled against the network, which wanted judges to dismiss the $2.7 billion defamation case. The company that brought the case, Smartmatic, has said it played a valid and small role in the election. It hailed the ruling as a step toward holding Fox News accountable for amplifying unsupported and damaging claims from Trump Trump's lawyers. You know, most of the time, news organizations are quick to defend other news organizations. Not so much this time, uh, because Fox was obviously lying. You can't lie, obviously lie in news reports when you know it's a lie. Yesterday's decision means Smartmatic's suit continues against Fox News. Uh, News's host, uh, Maria Bartiromo, Janine Pyro, Uh, former host Lou Dobbs and Trump attorney Rudy Giuliani. The five-judge ruling concluded there were significant allegations that Giuliani and Powell defamed the company. Uh, The complaint, uh, uh, Powell uh, uh, wasn't included in the complaint because she wasn't involved in New York. She was involved in other, you know. The complaint alleges that in their coverage and commentary, Fox News, Dobbs, and Bartiromo effectively endorsed and participated in the statements with reckless disregard for or serious doubt about whether there was any reliable evidence for them. Five judges wrote in a unanimous opinion, citing the same reasoning they also reinstated Smartmatic's claim against Pyro, which a lower court had thrown out. Now remember, this is separate from the $1.6 billion defamation lawsuit from Denver-based Dominion Voting Systems with a trial date, uh, with a trial date in April. Uh, the network also is fighting a lawsuit from a Venezuelan businessman who said he was wrongly accused of trying to corrupt the election. Uh, Florida-based Smartmatic said that in in the 2020 presidential election, its technology and software were used only in California's Los Angeles County. But Smartmatic says Fox News and the three hosts repeatedly allowed Trump lawyers to falsely portray Smartmatic as a foreign company involved in a sprawling multi-state operation to flip votes to Biden from the Republican incumbent. And, And not only that, if they were only involved in Los Angeles, do you really think they flip votes for Biden? Do you really think they would need to in a blue county? Come on. <laughs> Smartmatic lawyer uh, J. Eric Connolly said in a statement, Fox News, its news anchors and guests knowingly and falsely published lies 
you know, I'm sure Fox will try and offer a stake in Fox to settle it. You know, give them a, a couple million shares or something. Or billion. <laughs> a couple hundred million shares, maybe. But that would be insane because a voting system company would not want at stake since it would call into question their motives, right? But they could change over. It could become Smartmatic News. Uh, Smartmatic and, uh, uh, and, and uh, what's the other country? <laughs> Uh, the other company, uh, Smartmatic and Dominion News. Wouldn't that be interesting? <laughs> so finally, I'm so happy it's almost over. Back in the 2000s, when Barbara Boxer retired, I was screaming for her to stay and instead for Diane Feinstein to go. <laughs> Barbara Boxer was, was a great progressive. Diane Feinstein, eh, not so much. Uh, Diane Feinstein, Democratic Senator of California, was at best a left-leaning Republican and never did anything good. In recent weeks, we've talked about who was running for her seat. I support Katie Hobbs. Adam Schiff is also running. Meh. I'm sure there's a couple other people that are going to be running. And this was whether or not Feinstein would again run, that they announced that they were running. Yesterday, our long, dark nightmare appears to be almost over, unless her brain short-circuits again and she forgets what she said. Diane Feinstein yesterday announced she will not be running for Senate in 2024. It was likely because even the Democratic Party was not supporting her. I, she's 89. She'll be 92! She'll be 92 if she was to run again. Forget it. She's already losing her mind. Feinstein said in a statement, I am announcing today I will not run for re-election in 2024, but intend to, to accomplish as much for California as I can through the end of next year when my term ends. Uh, doesn't her term... Let me see. Oh, yeah, next year. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Sort of. Yeah. Uh, Feinstein was elected in 1992 and will have stayed for 32 uh, blue dog years. She let, uh, let go that she didn't know yet if she would endorse someone to replace her, but that she might at some point uh, when she said, I think it's important and we'll see. It'll probably be Adam Schiff, but I hope, I hold out hope it will be Porter. In her statement... Feinstein said, even with a divided Congress, we can still pass bills that will improve lives. Each of us was sent here to solve problems. That's what I've done for the last 30 years, and that's what I plan to do for the next two years. My thanks to the people of California for allowing me to serve them. Uh, she reached her hand across the aisle to the detriment of progress. That's what I will say about her. I will not miss her. She should have never been elected. Uh, moving on. It won't pass. Senators, uh, Senator Sheldon uh, Whitehouse, uh, re Republican from, uh, um, I'm sorry, Democrat from Rhode Island and Representative, uh, oh man, 
What what happened to the name of the uh, other representative? Rokana, right? Uh, yeah, Representative Rokana of California revived a bill that was first proposed last year as the American people and and everyone around the world were gouged by big oil. Under the big oil windfall profits tax legislation, oil companies producing or importing more than 300,000 barrels per day would pay a purse per barrel quarterly tax equal to 50% of the difference between the current price of a barrel of oil and the pre-pandemic average price per barrel between 2015 and 2019. Revenue raised from the tax would be returned to consumers in the form of a quarterly rebate, which would phase out for single filers who earn more than 75,000 in annual income and joint filers who earn more than 150,000. White House and Kana said that with oil priced at around $90 to $100 per barrel, the tax would raise approximately $48 billion annually. White House and Connor released a statement that said the five largest publicly traded oil companies, and we've done this, these stories for each of them, so you already know. Uh, the five largest public uh, traded oil companies, ExxonMobil, Chevron, BP, Shell, and Total Energies, hauled in pre-tax profits totaling $264.3 billion in the fiscal year 2022. Exxon alone reported $77.8 billion in profits in 2022, smashing the earnings record of any American or European oil company. Exxon also announced plans to keep oil production flat for the year ahead. Rival oil giant Chevron flush with $49.7 billion, let's just call it $50 billion, in profits. Greenlit $75 billion in stock buybacks in 2023 to benefit, benefit its wealthy executives and shareholders on Wall Street. White House, who chairs the Senate Budget Committee, said in a statement, Big Oil's obscene profits last year are the spoils of war and cartel pricing. Clawing back Big Oil's windfall and returning it to the American families who pay for it at the pump is good policy that will help deter future price gouging. Congress should heed the president's call, ignore the fossil fuel industry's lies, and deliver this needed relief for the American people. Kana said, Ro Kana said, Big oil continues to rake in record profits in the midst of an ongoing energy crisis and is using the money to enrich their own shareholders while average Americans are hurting at the pump. They actually reduce production. Can you believe it? Uh, he added, I'm glad to introduce this legislation with Senator Whitehouse to hold big oil accountable for high gas prices and put the money back in the pockets of Americans. That being said, the GOP are in charge in the House, and we all know this will not pass. However, the GOP may mark it up and make it into something that would benefit big oil in such a huge change that White House and Kana will no longer support it. That's what I would expect them to do. Anyway, that's it. 32 minutes, not so bad. Thanks for listening. Wednesday, February 15th, 2023. Wednesday, February 15th, 2023. Man, do I appreciate you. Bring someone with you if you can today or tomorrow. 
PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. I'll show up right at the top of the search. Tweet to me questions, insights, or come fight with me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S. And remember, always remember, government profit is measured by the betterment of the people. Don't you ever forget that. I'm Peter Lawrence, reporting from Los Angeles.